Hello and welcome to another team preview on the Stealing Science Podcast. I am Stevie and as usual I'm here with my co-host and very knowledgeable baseball friend. Uh, his name is Josh Sponhorst. You can follow him on Twitter at jspony. How are you today, Josh? I'm doing great, Stevie. How are you? I am very excited to chat Yankees baseball. I really like this squad and we'll get to it with detail. I want to start obviously with Aaron Judge who had a crazy year last year, crazy by many measures. Um, you teased our listeners last episode by saying you don't really like him this year. So uh, tell us what you think, Josh. All right, let me start by what he did last year was ridiculous. Insane. And he is clearly really good at hitting the baseball. He uh, is. First in barrels played appearances, first in exit velocity, 15-degree launch yeah. angle. He's pretty good. Uh, but there, there are some holes I just cannot overlook. Uh, first one being his home run per fly ball. Uh, last year was 35.6%. Which is um, insane. Just absolutely insane. Insane, yes. And so I went back and looked, basically going back to 2010, and only five guys have had a home run per fly ball over 30% since 2010. Uh, funny enough, four of them happened last year. But the baseballs, they're not juiced. Don't worry. <laughs> um, so only one other guy – was able to follow up a greater than 30% home run per fly ball year with a season even higher than 26%. I'm going to uh, guess Stanton? It was actually Nelson Cruz. Okay. So Nelson Cruz in 2015 was um, just above 30, and in 2016 was a 26. Um, granted, there's a lot of injuries in there, uh, but there's really not a high success rate of guys going 30 and then repeating that with something above 25. Um, Chris Davis did it, or even if we jump that down to just, let's say guys who are above 25% two straight years, it's really only Cruz in 2015, 2016. And then Chris Davis, Orioles, Chris Davis did it twice, 2012, 2013, and then 2015, 2016. Um, so again, a lot of injuries in here, Bryce Harper, Trout, a couple other guys. Um, but not a good track record record of guys, even guys like judge who kill the ball. Uh, doing a home or having a home run per fly ball that high two years in a row. The other thing that I just don't like is the BABIP. I'm not sure it's repeatable. I was 357 last year, and yes, he murders the baseball, uh, but he also strikes out a ton. Uh, his line drive rate is only 22 percent, 30 percent, 30 almost 31 percent K's. So those two things I'm not sold on. Uh, I think the average is going to come down. And kind of my main argument boils down to, I mean, what if he hits 40 home runs and he only bats 250? I mean, at that point, how, how good is he? So for comparison, last year, Chris Davis hit 43 home runs, 90 runs, 110 RBI, four steals, bat 247. He was the 48th overall hitter. 48th with that kind of a year. Like that's 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 a ridiculous stat line. He was only the 48th best fantasy player. That that stat line seems completely plausible for Judge this year. So I I don't know. He's going 14th overall or 18th overall, 14th overall hitter. Uh, I just I, I think his peak. Like you are praying that he can repeat last year, and there are a lot of things that says he can't. And if he doesn't, I mean, you're losing 
easily three to four rounds of value. And I think there are more signs pointing to him not repeating last year than repeating last year. Okay, so I will try to play devil's advocate here. Um, he has had over 140 WRC plus on every stop in the minors. So it's not like this came completely out of nowhere. Uh, the Babbitt is crazy, but not unprecedented. Uh, he also showed it in some stops during the minors career. And then last year he walked at an incredible rate at almost 19%. So he had a Bodo-esque 426 OBP last year. So I think in OBP leagues, this is a guy to target. Uh, that being said, I kind of agree with that his average could regress some, if not quite, let's say to the 250 range. But I still think he could hit... 260, 265. Um, the other thing is you already mentioned, he led the league in average exit velocity, but he led it by almost two miles per hour above the guy who you already said was the one who repeated it. So it was Nelson Cruz. Uh, he hit it uh, 95 plus miles per hour on 53% of events, which also lead the leagues. And he had 86 barrels, which also leads the league. He had 10 over Stanton, who is second, and third is Chris Davis from Oakland at 65. So 21 more barrels than the third place. Uh, so my devil's advocate guess is the Statcast numbers show that we have never seen this this kind of power from a guy. So I think he could be an outlier. Um, that being said, I kind of agree. I don't really want to gamble my second round on this guy, but I can't really blame people for doing that. Um, the line drive rate is healthy enough to where I think the baby will regress, but not that much. Uh, the fly ball rate is actually what concerns me. He hit it only... 43.2% of plate appearances last year, so that's, sorry, of, of batted balls last year, so that's a little low for a fly ball hitter, um, but he has almost no infield fly balls. The thing I think could disappear is the almost 10 stolen bases last year. He had 5 in, six, in 16 and 16 in 15, so uh, the 9 seemed kind of like an outlier, so I don't know about that. Um, that being said, I think he will bat second ahead of probably Stanton Sanchez, and he gets on base at a crazy clip. So it wouldn't shock me if he scores 140 or 150. And so I think he could make up some of the value there. So uh, I guess what I'm saying is really big range of outcomes, and I guess it depends on how risk adverse you are, whether you want to bet your second round. On him or not, I am on your side. I think I will try to pass unless he slides down a little. But I could see a scenario where I end up taking him. So let's talk about that power made of him in Giancarlo Stanton. I thought what the Marlins got back for him was ridiculous. I understand awful. that the contract was huge and that they were trying to get rid of it. But they got nothing back. And this is a dude that's going from... Miami that has an 80 park factor 
where 100 is average to 124 in Yankee Stadium for righties. So I am trying to stay rational here, but it's going to be hard. What do you think about Stanton this year, John? I like him. Um, I think a lot of things point to Stanton. I'm maybe not increasing on what he did last year because, again, last year with 59 home runs, uh, over 120 runs an RBI, 280 average, pretty ridiculous. Uh, but I think there's a lot of things that are going to boost up any regression. Uh, you just mentioned one of them, Park Factor, uh, 90th in right-handed home runs, up to 112th, one of the best in the league. Um, last year was healthy the whole year. Um, not coincidentally, he hit his career high in home runs. Uh, his walk rate bumped up a little bit. His K rate, which is the really thing I like about him, went down. Um, from about almost 28% for his career, down to about 23.5%. Um, I know we've already talked about it, but StatCast loves Stanton. Obviously, he pummels the ball, as anyone who's seen a single home run of his can attest to. Uh, his launch angle dropped a little bit last year, uh, and his fly ball rate also dropped uh, sub 40% last year. Uh, it's been higher, about 43% the two previous years. Um, so I don't the home run per fly ball rate up at 34%, I think that's coming down. But again, even if that drops down to like 25, 26%, there are so many things in his favor in Yankee Stadium that I, I still think we're getting 50-plus home runs. Uh, and I know Judge is going after him, but I like Stanton significantly more than Judge. And if you want the guy who might hit 60 home runs, just draft Stanton in the first round and just forget about Judge. I think the floor here, even with the injuries, I think is pretty damn high. Yeah, I agree that Stanton is a guy I want to target. The other thing is, I don't think you can underestimate what the move to DH does for his health. Granted, some of the injuries weren't his fault and were kind of freak bad luck injuries. But still, having him not play the field could mean he's going to play something like the 159 games that he played last year. And having that at Yankee Stadium, I could easily see 55 homers. And then I already make the case for Judge scoring all those runs. So uh, those are going to be driven in by Stanton and Sanchez. He's batting ahead of probably, I'm guessing, Gardner and Judge. So I think there's a case for 140 reviews here. So I really like Stanton this year. Um, this is a perfect part for him. Uh, I guess I want to talk about Gary Sanchez as well. I have a very particular stance about Sanchez. So I want to hear what you have to say first, Josh. What do you think about Sanchez this year? I do. I, so I like Sanchez a lot. Um, and I think what he did last year is mostly repeatable. 30-plus uh, home runs, good runs, RBI total. Uh, this year, the RBI total might even tick up to close to 100. Uh, and, then, you know, 270, 280 average. I buy all of that. And I think, you know, Launch angle, home run fly ball, exit velocity, bad line drive rate. It's all in line with what he did last year. So I think it's all repeatable. And he is by far the best catcher for fantasy. I don't really do much of the positional scarcity thing. And I, I'm one of those guys, I'm probably not going to draft him in any single league. I just don't take catchers that high. Uh, just injury risk there, especially with DH now taken. Uh, I think it's a little bit much for me. Uh, but having said that, if you take him and you value positional scarcity, uh, I cannot knock it at all. Um, again, he is, he is the safest bet to finish as the number one catcher at the end of the year. And it's, it's not even close. And yes, he's going in the second round, but again, 
you are going to have the best catcher in fantasy if you draft him, and I, I can't knock that. I actually took the positional advantage and drafted him second round of the Great Fantasy Baseball Invitation on August. I'll try to make my case now for why I did that. He played 122 games even after missing a month last year, which I guess people kind of forget, but he was he had an injury from April 9th to May 5th. So he missed 22 Yankee games because of that injury. So that limited him to 140 possible games. So he played 122 out of 140. That's 87% of games last season. And out of those after the injury, only 12 were at the age. And on many of them, he actually ended up catching at some point. Uh, so at that 87% of game rate, he would end up playing 140 this season or almost 20 games more. So I think he can easily repeat, if not surpass, what he did last year on the reduced time. So I think that's kind of the floor, like 270, 25, 30, um, 80 score, 90 RBIs. Uh, the ISO was actually down from 2016, but it was still on his late 253. The line drive rate went all up almost five points. The ground ball rate went down almost seven points. The infield fly ball rate went down almost four points. The outside contact is up. Like this profile has pretty much everything you want to see from a guy that's probably not going to regress. He was 14th last year by average exit velocity above guys like Manny Machado, Riz Hoskins, Marcelo Suna. And then I think people forget because he's a superstar, but he's still just. 25 so i think there could still be an upper level with this guy so i think there's 290 40 homer 100 rbi upside and like you said i think he is the best catcher in this league with health by a significant margin so i guess it depends on how you value posey and contreras but i could make the case that He's going to be worth probably 8 to 10 rounds more than those guys. And just the playing time here makes it a very enticing play for me. So I I do play the positional advantage and uh, I have been targeting him in some leagues. Is there another bat in this lineup that intrigues you, Josh? Yeah, I think it's Aaron Hicks. Uh, I just can't quit him. Uh, and yet again, I'm going to draft him in a lot of leagues. I've already drafted him in the two drafts I've been in, and I'll probably draft him more. Uh, Ellsbury sounds like is or he's already on the DL, and it sounds like he might miss a little bit of time. Um, yeah, those and, those obliques tend to linger. And then uh, yeah. Clint Frazier is having some crazy and worrisome concussion problems. So uh, I I I agree that Hicks might get a lot of playing time. Yeah, and I mean, let's be honest. Ellsbury is probably the fifth best outfielder on this roster right now, uh, especially with him aging and his defense not quite being uh, where it once was. I think they're they're clearly trying to play Ellsbury purely because of how much money he makes. But uh, I think Hicks is worthy of the starting spot. And last year he went 15-10, bad 266, and that was in 361 plate appearances. Um, pretty impressive for a guy who really didn't have a lot of regular time until closer to the end of the year. Um, the 15% line drive rate and the below average exit velocity kind of worry me. I don't know that he's going to hit 266 again, uh, but he's going so late. Uh, 243 overall 
And I think over a full season of plate appearances, he could easily go 2020 uh, with a batting average that doesn't kill anyone. Uh, he's going to bat sixth, and we've already talked about how good this lineup is. Uh, Sanchez should bat fourth. Didi should bat fifth. Uh, I mean, there's going to be a lot of guys on base ahead of him. Uh, Greg Bird and Neil Walker behind him. And it's a pretty potent lineup. So I think if Hicks gets the plate appearances and things break right, I mean, 2020 with, you know, 70 to 80 RBI and something similar for runs with a 250 average maybe. Um, for where he's going, I think he's he's a guy who could significantly outperform his draft slot by the end of the year. Um, I think the only thing that's ever been holding him back is plate appearances, and this certainly seems like the year where that's going to change. I was very surprised by how little I like Greg Bird this year. I thought it would be owning a lot of Greg Bird and kind of touting him. Uh, this is a per perfect part for him. He pulls from the left side with power, so that uh, right field porch is fantastic for him. He walked more than in 2015. He struck out a little less. Uh, he had very similar power. He did have the shittiest BABIP in the world at 194. I still think he needs to hit it harder but I was willing to chuck it up to injury and him returning. Uh, he was better in the postseason. He hit three bombs, if I remember correctly. But uh, where he's going at the price, he's going as the 24th first baseman, but around 157. I think the discount is not high enough. We already talked about Josh Bell, who's going almost two rounds behind him. And there's some guys here uh, like Justin Bourne and John Del Alonso who's going almost 120 picks after him that I really like. Crazy. So I don't think I can own a lot of bird this year. What do you think, Josh? Yeah, I mean, the, I think the home run's real, but uh, I, I don't know. There's really not a large track record in the majors, uh, the injuries, and just not a lot of time up. Uh, See, I agree. I think he's a very risky pick, and considering Alonzo is just coming off of a, you know, thirty home run year where everything says it's repeatable, and some of the other guys you mentioned, I think, are a little bit safer. Even Josh Bell, um, who hit twenty five home runs last year in the majors, um, yeah, I, I think with Bird, it's it's all hopes. There's just not a lot of. You know, hard data saying 30 home runs is going to happen. I think it could happen, and if it does happen, you know, next year wouldn't shock me if he goes even higher than where he's going now, probably significantly higher. But yeah, I, I think you're banking on counting stats, and if he gets, you know, if he doesn't get the counting stats, I, I, I don't know. I, I agree. I think at that price, it's crazy. We already touted him pretty hard on the Indians episode that is already up, but Alonso has. Five homers this spring, he's right around the top of the leaderboard. I know we don't look for that, but he kind of finished the year with less power, so you don't mind seeing the rebound there. Um, let's move on to this rotation. Luis Severino finally took that step forward. His K rate went up to almost 30%. The walk rate was down a couple of points, which is pretty good for a high strikeout guy at 6.5. Uh, what do you make of Severino this year, Josh? Uh, I just love him. I mean, the only knock I have on him is he only throws three pitches, but those three pitches are so damn good. Uh, his changeup and his slider both had ISOs. Um, under 0.1, uh, his changeup was 0 .086. Slider was 0 .099. 
uh, pretty insane. Both allowed a slugging under 0.28. Uh, even his four seam uh, at 191 ISO, 438 slugging. All three pitches generate whiffs per swing at a 23% rate or higher. Yeah, I mean, he was the sixth starting pitcher last year. He's going as the ninth starting pitcher this year, uh, about 35th overall. I think he's right on the edge of where I'll start taking a starter. But, uh, I mean, everything he did last year was ridiculous. Uh, and I don't know if he needs a third pitch because his stuff is just so damn good. Um, if you're someone who takes starting pitchers early, I, I wouldn't. I don't think the risk here is all that high. Yeah, I was, I was yeah, going to say, some change. yeah, I, I looked through this profile looking for regression, and I just couldn't find it. The fastball velocity is up for a second straight year. Both the slider and the changeup took a huge step forward, but particularly the slider was devastating for hitters. Uh, the outside swing grew a bunch with an accompanying... 13% swinging strike rate, which is great. So I don't see anything that screams regression. There could be some variance, of course, because he pitches at Yankee Stadium, but I don't see anything in this profile that says he's going to be worse at all. Yeah, agreed. I mean, unless something changes or for whatever reason he decides to add a fourth pitch, yeah, I agree. I don't, there's really not much here saying stay away. I think it's all saying that last year was legit and he could very well do it again. Uh, I wanted to talk about Masahiro Tanaka, who had a very up-and-down year last year. So uh, what do you make of him this year, Josh? Uh, actually, he is a guy I, I haven't drafted yet, but I'm willing to draft him. Um, I, I think he more or less he did better in a lot of areas, and then the ERA just did not work out. Uh, the 474 ERA, but his XFIP was 344, and as everyone knows, we're, X, we're XFIP guys. Uh, the K rate was almost 26%. Walk rate was five and a half. I mean, those are both excellent numbers. Uh, the 15.1% swing strike. Uh, I mean, I, I don't have a lot to say about him other than I think last year was a complete fluke. It was 100% bad luck. Uh, and I think you're getting a fair discount on him compared to where he's gone in years past. And considering this team, um, you know, he could have a pretty good win total. I expect good strikeouts. Uh a much better ERA and whip than last year. Uh, so yeah, as the 85th overall player off the board, I I will probably own Tanaka in some leagues. I will probably own a lot of Tanaka too. And uh, that also comes with some of the guys he's going around. Uh, Gerrit Cole doesn't really excite me this year, but we'll get to that when we touch up on the Astros. Otani comes with a bunch of, of uncertainty. Arrieta is getting really old. Lester doesn't intrigue me. I already mentioned why I don't like Berrios. The other guy around him that I like is David Price. So uh, if one of Price or Tanaka falls to my team, I will be very happy. The K percent was back to 2014 levels. He has always been a high home run per fly ball kind of guy, but it went to the sky last year. And I think the splits kind of tell the story. He really raised his slider usage mid, mid-year, and he finished with a 3.54 ERA on his final 100 innings. Um, you know, I'm a ground ball percent guy. He had the highest ground ball percentage of his career, and then his swinging strike rate went up to a whooping 15%. So I think this is a guy that made adjustments, and I am buying Tanaka as much as I can this year. Um, is there another arm in this rotation or the bullpen that intrigues you, Josh? 
So I think Jordan Montgomery is the guy in this on this or in this rotation that I want to own. Uh, he's not really getting a lot of respect in drafts. Uh, he's going as the 71st pitcher, 245 overall. Uh, last year he was the 51st starting pitcher in kind of a abbreviated year. Uh, he's kind of up and down, had some struggles, got sent down, kind of was on innings limit. But he's someone who I think I want to own this year. I see some upside. Uh, 388 ERA, 445XFIP, not ideal. Uh, 22% K rate, almost 8% walk rate, also not ideal. Uh, but 12 and a half swing strike rate uh, tells me that maybe that K rate can tick up a little bit. I uh, generated swings outside the zone at 33%, which is above league, above league average. Uh, and his three off-speed pitches are all pretty good at missing bats. Uh, Change-up slider curve all had whips per swing above 29%. Uh, his curve was all the way up to 42. So three pretty good pitches that can miss bats. They all had ISO under 0.15 and a slugging under 0.34. So not great. Uh, but I think a lot of his problem was with sequencing because he does have three pitches that he can miss bats with. Um, and the pitch he really sucked with was a sinker, and he threw that second most, uh, 23.4%. So I think if he tweaks a couple things, uh, he's a pretty young guy, so he can make some adjustments to the pitches that are working, uh, work on sequencing a little bit. I think there's potential for a pretty decent strikeout rate here, uh, maybe something closer to 25% than 22%. And I'm a sucker for guys who have K-rate upside. I think Montgomery's the guy. And considering he's on a pretty good team this year, uh, the win floor here is probably double digits at a minimum. So, you know, I'm willing to take the risk that he doesn't make those changes and maybe he's closer to that 4-4-5 XFIP guy. Uh, but I think the upside here is certainly even a better season than what his ERA suggested. Um, so I'm going to go against the XFIP, which is rare for me. And I think I already own Montgomery in a couple leagues, but I will draft him a lot. Uh, price is zero. And again, I think the upside here is worth the shot. I'm glad we agree in part and then not also because I have been getting him in a lot of drafts uh, myself. So I guess in the league we have in common, we're going to probably have to fight for him. You made a perfect case. So I just want to say a couple more things he was actually better at home than away last year 3.43 era at home and 4.38 away and that is because he gave up seven home runs at home and 14 home runs away so i think there's some bad luck from the homers there uh the home run per five ball rate was up from what we have seen in the minors uh he had an 11.2 home run per five ball last year, and it was something like 4% in 2016 in AA, and then 0% in a short stop at AAA, a 40 innings stop. So I think there's some improvement in homers. This is a guy that hasn't really struggled with home runs in his minors career. So I think there is some good improvement there. And so I agree. I think this exit could go down. And uh, Montgomery doesn't cost anything. So uh, this is a guy I want to own. What do you think about this Yankees team as a squad, Josh? Are you high on them? So I actually think I think Boston is the better team. It's pretty slight. But, I mean, there, there are some pieces to like here. This is clearly the best bullpen in baseball. 
Uh, shout out to Chad Green, who is right now probably my favorite pitcher in the game. So what he does with his four seamer last year, or what he did with his four seamer last year, was uh, you know completely filthy and probably shouldn't be legal. Um, but yeah, I mean, top to bottom, his bullpen is ridiculous. Their sixth best, sixth best pitcher in their bullpen, um, probably be at, at the very least a setup man on twenty per twenty other teams in the. Uh, in the majors, the offense clearly has a lot of pop. Um, I do think there are some regression candidates on the offense, but, I mean, they can score runs. And last year, they were second best in the league at scoring runs, fourth best at preventing runs. Uh, we'll see how the run prevention goes, but, I mean, again, Severino and Tanaka look like they're going to be better. Severino will be the same, which is really good. Tanaka should be better. Uh, I think Montgomery will be better. Gray seems all right, so... I have a hard time not saying over on the win total, uh, but I do like the boss. I still like the Boston uh, AL East pr- uh, price, um, but I think the Yankees are. I know they factor in the Yankee bias in the lines, which sucks, and I hate paying for it. But I think the last odds I saw in their World Series was plus five hundred and plus three hundred for the AL. I don't think it's a bad bet. Um, I think. Baseball is going to be just like chalk, or just like uh, last year was. There's going to be a lot of chalk. Uh, I think the Yankees are a virtual lock to make the playoffs, and when they get there, this team is certainly built for seven-game series. Um, so I think anything, any deep future like AL or World Series, I think I already have some very small bets on those. Um, but I, I like bets like that, even if I don't think they're going to win the AL East on a one-game series. If Severino takes the mound. I'll, I'll take this team against almost anyone. So, yeah, I agree with what you said. I think this team is built perfectly for a seven-game series. I'm going to read the names because it's ridiculous. It's Chapman, Betances, Robertson, Canley, Green, and then whoever you want to choose a sixth, say Warren or Shreve. Um, I think those are, call it five of the top 15 guys in the league. And I think it's even conservative. I think it could be five of the top 10 relief arms in the league. And that comes with maybe one questionable starter in CC Sabathia and what is going to be the lineup that probably breaks the home run record for a team. So I think this Yankees team is my pick for the World Series. This might be a square bet or whatever. I don't think I'm going to take it uh, pre-season, but I'll be looking to back them on series prices come playoff time and probably roll over the money. The other thing I wanted to say is this is a team that had the worst luck last year by Pythak. They were a uh, 100 win team by first order Pytag, but then 107 and 106 wins by second and third order Pytag. Though, even though they won 92 games, I think they were better than that last year, and I think they got better across the board. I think Drury is better than Hadley. I think the combination of Wade and Walker will be very similar to Castro. And then they added a guy in Stanton that's going to break balls. I think a full year in Montgomery and this bullpen makes this the team to beat this year. Yeah, I have a hard time disagreeing with any of that. The, my Boston love might be a little bit stubborn, but uh, yeah, I mean, I think this is clearly one of the best five teams in the majors. And barring injury, I mean, they're going to make the playoffs. And 
like I said, in a seven-game series, it's going to be tough to go against them because they, they have horses across the board. Yeah, I think that's like the biggest case I have is this bullpen is built perfectly for a seven-game series. Like if you can even get four or five from a guy like Gray or Montgomery, then you can go one inning Canle, two innings Green, a bridge of Robertson Betances, and you're with Chapman. And that is just like those five guys are an extra Chris Sale on a team. It's ridiculous. And if you use them properly in the postseason, they become exactly that. My big worry is I liked how Girardi used this bullpen. I felt comfortable with how Girardi used this bullpen. It wasn't incredible, but it was fine. And I have no idea what Aaron Boone is going to be as a manager. I really didn't understand them firing him and firing him without a replacement in mind and just getting a guy off a booth really surprised me. Yeah, it's a real uh, Mike Matheny kind of a hire. Now, I mean, I, I don't know if Boone's going to be Matheny, but I mean, he similar to Matheny, he is inheriting a extremely good team, and I think they're probably going to cover a lot of his weaknesses. Um, and, and maybe that's a good thing maybe that gives Boone a chance to learn. But yeah, it'd be interesting to see how he deploys these guys because I mean. It's going to be hard to make a bad decision with how many weapons he has late in the game. Yeah, so that's my big concern with the Yankees. But again, come playoff time, I think this is a team to target. Uh, Josh, tomorrow we will be talking about my San Diego Padres. So uh, a lot of young, interesting pieces in this Padres team. What can you tease our listeners with? Uh, Where to start with these guys? Uh, I mean... I think they're going to be really good in a couple years. Uh, they bought them. I think they're going to. The Hosmer signing was interesting. I don't. I don't know what to make of it. Uh, but there are some guys I really love. Denelson Lamet. I love you so much. Please be on all my teams this year. Yeah, I, I'm sure we'll be discussing Lamet in detail as I like him a lot too. Um, Josh, it was a pleasure talking New York baseball with you today. Definitely. For more stealing signs, you can follow us on Twitter at stealing signs p. You can subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Please give us a five-star review and a positive comment so that we may reach a bigger audience.